At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. It is our number two of the Greg Peterson experience right here on VEASAN, the Esports Betting Network. And just like this is going to be the California hour of the Greg Peterson experience. As we're going to be joined by two guests that are out there in the great state of California. Danielle Avari is going to be joining me in 15 minutes. She does absolutely incredible work as one of our main analysts over here at VEASAN. We're going to do a nice deep dive on the Pac-12. No shortage of great games in the Pac-12 this past week as that USC versus Utah game. That was a barn burner. We'll get some of our thoughts from there, but we're more importantly going to be turning it forward. Take a look at what we're going to be getting this week in terms of those Pac-12 games of college football. And before long, we're going to be able to do college basketball in the Pac-12 as well. For those of you guys out there on the East Coast, you're now 20 days away from the start of the college basketball season. And in hour number three, you are going to be getting a college basketball preview as well. Ironically enough, I went to the great state of California yesterday for the Big West because well, all those teams aside from Hawaii are out there in California, but that said, we're going to be diving into that. We're going to have a lot of fun with Danielle in about 15 minutes. Take a look at the Pac-12 and then Jason Weingarten, another man that is out there in the great state of California. He does a great job taking a look at some NFL futures. We're going to be diving into that with him. And then we're also going to be getting his thoughts on both the games that we are going to be getting on Tuesday in Major League Baseball. We thought we were only going to be getting one game, but instead we are going to be getting two because of what I laid out in the last segment in terms of the Cleveland Guardians and the New York Yankees and how absolutely nobody whatsoever knew whether or not we were going to be getting a game or not on Monday, which great job, Rob Manfred there, but 
as a discussion for a different show on a different day. All we know is that we now have a game for Tuesday, and all we can do is try to extract money from that. And we can try to extract some money when it comes to this Phillies versus San Diego Padres game. Like I said, this is the California or apparently of this show. Very, very unintentionally. But that said, let's dive into what I've got for DK Nation for this Tuesday as this Padres playing also the Phillies with Zach Wheeler going for the Phillies and you Darvish on the bump for the Padres. Most places you're going to be finding the Padres between about a minus 120 to a minus 126 and then got about plus 105 to plus 115 on the Philadelphia Phillies. John's game is 6 half. The juice is very much on the over in this ordeal and my write-up is going to be for the Padres money line. I was willing to lay more in the mid-130s. I placed it exactly at a minus 134. So I do like the Padres in this spot by about even 10 more cents than the line is currently right now. In some spots, a little bit more than that. But with you, Darvish, he has been able to do his best work at home each of the last two seasons, really. If you take a look at between the 2021 and 2022 seasons, his ERA is very nearly a point and a half better when he is at home rather than on the road. And when it comes to you, Darvish, been able to do a very solid job in terms of command all season long. He's been getting about nine strikeouts per nine innings. That's a little bit down from his career numbers, but he's done a good job holding down the Fort in general, giving up about one home run per nine innings, and has been able to do a solid job here in the postseason as well. He did give up those three runs against the LA Dodgers, but by and large, I've liked what I've seen out of him. The 1.7 walks per nine innings that is tied for a career low for him as well. That goes back to the 2020 season, which he only made like 12 starts in that season as well. So I do think that Darvish has put himself in a very good situation here. And with Zach Wheeler, he's been able to do a solid job here in the postseason. He's given up three runs over the course of 12 and a third innings in both road starts against the St. Louis Cardinals and the Atlanta Braves. But you take a look at the entirety of the season. Completely different pitcher at home rather than on the road. Buck 85 home ERA, 384 ERA on the road. His home runs per nine rate certainly goes up when he is on the road now. Overall for the season, 0.8 home runs per nine innings, two walks per nine innings. He's been able to do a rock-solid job. No fans or buts about it. He is someone that the Phillies are going to be able to rely upon, but what the Phillies may not be able to rely upon, in my opinion, is the bullpen. And that's where I think that the Padres really have this Phillies team outgunned, not just in this game, but for the series in general. I personally think that you've got a lot more value in the MLB just taking a look at these games game to game as of right now, obviously. We have no idea where the Astros are going to be priced in terms of a series between the Guardians and the Yankees. I'm thinking that if it is the Cleveland Guardians, you'd probably be finding the Astros right around minus $2, and there just wouldn't be a lot of value there. If it's the Yankees, it's going to be a little bit more of a not-so-demonstrative price, but still, it is a case where I think that your best value is just taking a look at this game-to-game because right now at DraftKings, the Padres be able to win the series. They are minus 120, plus 105, on the Philadelphia Phillies, but you're able to take a look at this series. You're able to just play this game to game. You're able to really maximize value because I do think that the Padres, they present a little bit of value, but if the Padres win by kind of four to three, you're going to be able to just make a little bit of money inherently, especially if they're able to win a road game in their series as well, which I do think that especially that game four, it should line up for the Padres being in relatively solid shape as both of those teams they're going to be throwing out a lot of different pieces. And when you're throwing out there a lot of pieces, you got to take into account the bullpen. And with the Philadelphia Phillies, post-All-Star break, the worst bullpen ERA in the National League. Meanwhile, for the San Diego Padres, it's not like they've lit the world on fire in terms of their bullpen overall for the season. 14th of bullpen ERA during the regular season at a 383. But what is very key for this team, Josh Hader. 
And typically when it comes to baseball, it's a very analytically and analytics-driven sport. It's all about the stats. I think that there's something a little bit bigger that needs to be talked about Josh Hader. He was away with the Milwaukee Brewers for, I believe, three different stints because his wife was having a little bit of a difficult pregnancy and he had to be away to tend to that. And that's really when Josh Hader started to act up. That's when he was giving up runs upon runs and he just clearly was not himself. It feels like he's just in a better place in general. If you saw the way that he was able to close out that game against the LA Dodgers when they were able to win it in four, I mean, he was just completely unhittable. He got three strikeouts in that inning on 10 total pitches, and ever since things have been able to get cleared up, ever since his wife had the baby, things have been looking much better. As a matter of fact, 14 straight appearances without a earned run allowed by Josh Hader. He did give up an unearned run in one of those, and that was just completely not his fault in general, but Josh Hader looks like the Josh Hader of old, and that's very important. And as a result, the Padres bullpen here in the postseason, they have posted up a 219 ERA. Very much a far cry from that 383 ERA that you saw during the regular season. And Josh Hader, you can tell that his pitchers just have a little bit more life in general. He's not getting down in the count. That has been very important. And that's very important because both of these offenses, I think, are going to be able to do a solid job in Philadelphia in this series. And I think that when these games are in San Diego, it's going to be a little bit more difficult. San Diego, just in general, is a very pitcher-friendly ballpark, and that's reflected in the Padres' home and road splits. Right around five runs per contest when they are on the road this season, 3.7 runs per game at home. Petco Park, when you take a look at ballpark factors, they vary a little bit from year to year, but darn near every season, they're going to be in the top five in terms of most pitcher-friendly ballparks, how you want to quantify that. And with the San Diego Padres, you got a lot of guys that are starting to step up for this team. A lot of shall we say guys that you wouldn't expect as Austin Nolan and Trent Grisham thus far this uh, this postseason are both hitting above a 375 and with Grisham three home runs between the wild card and the divisional rounds um, he's been able to do a nice job as you've got Nola who I was mentioning a little bit earlier Jerickson Profar awesome Kim Juan Soto all guys that during the regular season hit about a 238 to 250 but these guys are starting to deliver in the postseason Juan Soto hasn't necessarily lit the world on fire, but he did come up with a nice multi-RBI hit to close out the game against the New York Mets as well. So he's been able to live up to his billing. And then on the flip side for the Philadelphia Phillies, you've got an offense that, in my opinion, they've got some of the highest variants in the league. You just take a look at a guy like a Reese Hoskins, and with Hoskins, he has just been all over the place. He had that epic spike of the bat, which I absolutely love to see, by the way. Anyone that was deterred by that, I, I argue that the game needs more of that, but... That said, for Reese Hoskins, I hit about a 250 with 30 home runs during the regular season. But, I mean, this guy is either one of the hottest bats in the league or else he is colder than an igloo. And for much of the series against the Atlanta Braves, he was colder than an igloo. Busted out in those final two games. We shall see what he's able to do in this series. Kyle Schwarber has one more hit in the postseason right now than myself. He had 45 home runs during the regular season, but very inconsistent in the way that he gets on base. Bryson Sod has been not necessarily living up to what he did during the second half as well. First half of the season, he was a liability at the plate. Second half of the season, hit a little bit above a 250. So we shall see how that goes. But for the Philadelphia Phillies, whether or not they're going to have David Robertson is a little bit of a question. He got hurt while celebrating with his team in the previous series. So that is going to be very, very important because other than Brad Hand and Sir Anthony Dominguez, Sir Anthony Dominguez, he spent some time on the injury list overall for the season at a three ERA. You can tell that he is now starting to look like himself. First couple of appearances coming off the injured list. He was just all over the place. Now here in the postseason, he's been able to show out significantly better. But that said, these are really the two guys that you're able to rely upon. Jose Alvarado has been a little bit better towards the back half of the season, but even he 
acted out a little bit against the St. Louis Cardinals. He gave up home run in that series and legitimately was two of the three runs that the St. Louis Cardinals got in that wild card series. So got some liabilities there. And then I did headline the fact that Josh Hader has been much better for the San Diego Padres, but they really do have some other reliable pieces. Some like Steven Wilson. They will post up about a three ERA for the season long, Tim Hill. And then Robert Suarez, he began his career in the Nippon Baseball League pitching in Japan. I know that he has been a well-traveled gentleman. 31-year-old rookie has really been solid for the team being able to lock down. I do think that you've got some good value here with the San Diego Padres. And this is going to be a, game, a series that, in general, I'm going to be playing these totals significantly differently when it is games being in San Diego rather than games being in Philadelphia. Philadelphia, I think, is going to provide a little bit more of a hitter's environment. And keep in mind, Game 3 and Game 4, you're certainly not going to have the pitching matchups like you've got here in Game 1 between Zach Wheeler and Hugh Darvish. I set my total to wear a 6.5, even though it is a low total and I really have to like the pitching matchup to take it under. It is one of those pitching matchups that I warrant the under, especially with it being in one of the most pitcher-friendly ballparks in the big leagues in Petco. So I do like the under. DK Nation pick. I'm willing to lay up to about a minus 134 here with the San Diego Padres right now. In a lot of spots, you're going to be finding this at a minus 135. So I do side with San Diego in game number one. I think that they should be able to take the series as well. I'm just going to be betting it game to game. Don't see a lot of value in terms of the series price. But that said, I'm on San Diego and I'm on the under for Tuesday. And something else that we're going to be getting on, some good Pac-12 action for this week. As Daniel Alvaro, who does amazing work here at the network, doing a deep dive on college football. She is going to be joining me next as it is the Greg Peterson experience right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. we got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs, 
Yeah, like check out these hair. I mean, don't just walk around. Hey, tapping. <laughs> hey, hey, stranger. I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? Try to act like they. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. on VSN, the sports betting network. VSN Pro subscribers get access to the best betting talent in the game. If you've not subscribed yet, the VSN mid-season offer is going to make you a smarter better. Sign up now for just $79 and get VEASAN Pro access all the way through the Super Bowl. You'll get everything VEASAN has to offer with our 24-7 live shows and subscriber-only betting guides to the college football bowl season and the Super Bowl, all for less than the normal monthly rate. You'll also get VEASAN subscriber-only season prep guides to the NHL, NBA, World Cup, and many more, including college basketball. It is the best bet in the game. $99 for VEASAN Pro now through the Super Bowl. Sign up at VEASAN.com slash subscribe as it is a Greg Peterson experience right here on Visa, the Sports Bank Network. And something else that you get by going Visa Pro is deep dives. And we're going to do one right now with Daniel Avari, Visa.com slash subscribe as Danielle does an amazing job taking a look at the Pac-12. And Danielle, it's always great to have you aboard. Thank you. Yes, Greg, I'm excited to be back here and finally have some UCLA action back on the board after their bye week. So very, very exciting week to look forward to. And it was a little bit of a bye week for you as well. So that was nice that you were able to get a nice little trip in. And now we are set for what is going to be an epic clash out there in the Pac-12 as UCLA and Oregon are going to be doing battle. Number nine and number 10 right now looking like the best two teams in the conference. And as we say it right now, most books have Oregon as a six-point favorite. And, well, this is high total. 70 is the total. This feels like the good old Chip Kelly days. So that is absolutely tremendous. And how do you see this game? Because... No doubt, you've got revenge on both sides. Oregon would love nothing more than to stick it to Chip Kelly. UCLA, they would love to be able to get this one in for Chip Kelly as well. This is a total that you'd expect in this sort of a contest, but I don't know about you, but the way that I take a look at it right now is that I just don't feel good about laying six points with Bonex. I don't know if UCLA could pull it off outright, but I like getting the six with UCLA. So it's interesting because right off the bat, I understand in part why this line is reflecting with Oregon as a six point favorite, but also it seems a little disrespectful to UCLA because there's a couple unknowns going on here on both sides, really. For me with UCLA, the unknown is what are they going to perform like in a hostile environment? We talked, I feel like a broken record about Utah last week in USC and how Utah was the worst place to have to play in the Pac-12. If there's a second worst place for me, it's Austin Stadium and UCLA on the road there. The last time I think they won was 2004. So 
big deal, right? I mean, when was the last time that Tennessee beat Alabama? So there are things that can happen here. But I do want to see how UCLA is going to respond on the road in a hostile environment. Top 10 matchup, college game day. It's going to be sold out. So how are they going to perform under that pressure? And a big question here, people always point to part of UCLA's success being that Dorian Thompson-Robinson is a fifth-year senior. But he actually didn't play at Oregon last time they were at Autzen Stadium. He was out. So this is going to be a little bit of a new situation for him. So there's some unknowns, of course, that we're always dealing with in betting. For me, on Oregon's side, who have they played? That's what everybody's asking, right? Who has Oregon played? Their wins were against opponents with a combined record of 14 and 20. The Ducks have not beaten a team with fewer than three losses. And UCLA's wins, on the contrast, are against opponents with a combined record of 23 and 17. Three of those wins were against teams that are 5 and 2 or better. UCLA's just had a little bit better of a resume. And this is what people talked about. People, including myself, with UCLA early in the season was who has UCLA played because they opened with such a soft schedule. But now with these wins piling up for UCLA, which is also great for me because I'm rocking with a UCLA over five and a half conference wins tickets, which is starting to look pretty good. Uh, but UCLA started to prove itself a lot more than I think Oregon has. The big, big question for me here is how big of an advantage is Oregon stadium going to be for them? Because I do think in terms of matchup here, the Ducks secondary is what third worst in the FBS against the past. So they're going to have trouble here. I think UCLA strengths are going to play uh, right into the Ducks weaknesses. And so I do think that I'm going to take UCLA plus six and I'll probably sprinkle some UCLA money line. But what do you think, Greg, about how big home field advantage is going to be for the Ducks here? Well, you asked the perfect person for it because prior to myself being at VSIN, I used to work for the official flagship station of That's the right. Oregon Ducks. So I actually had to go to Austin Stadium that was in Justin Herbert's freshman year. And even when Oregon, you may recall, that's the year that they were absolutely terrible. They fired Mark Helfrich the during the year. season. Oh, that was bad. And then people were all hyped up about getting Willie Taggart. So that was pretty <laughs> hilarious, to say the least, to see where that has all went. But I mean, Austin Stadium, it is one of the best home field environments that you're going to find. And being someone also from the great state of Wisconsin, I liken it a lot to the way that Lambeau Field is set up. So for mm. those that like the NFL, it's a very similar just stadium outlook in general and the way that the noise sort of funnels in, the way that the stands are set up. It's very similar to Lambeau Field. Ironically enough, you got the same colors as well. So I do give credence to that. If there's a stadium that you'd be willing to give a little bit more than three points for in terms of home field advantage, I certainly would be willing to ride with that. But Greg, do you do you worry at all about weather in this game? I know that that's been brought up as well. And I'm just remembering back to when I was UCLA cheerleader and went to this game. I was freezing, but the Oregon cheerleaders were still wearing skirts, so our coach wouldn't let us put pants on. It was a nightmare. It was really cold. So are you thinking weather's going to be a factor here at all? It looks like it's not going to be overly bad in Oregon. Mm -hmm. It never gets like super duper cold or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Because I still remember, I actually had to jog to and from work when I worked out there <laughs> in the great state of Oregon. And it was never like super duper freezing. So I'm not overly concerned. There might be some light drizzle. That's just what you get in the great state of Oregon. But still, I don't think that it's going to be overly terrible. It's something mm -hmm. that you might want to watch a little bit in terms of the total. I don't think that it makes as much of a difference on the side. That is what you want to take a look at for the total. But thus mm -hmm. far this season, it has not affected Oregon. Their really only lone clunker on offense this season was when they scored three points against Georgia. All their other games, they have scored 40-plus points. So I would be probably leaning towards the under a little bit just because it is such mm -hmm. a freakishly high total in this game yeah. just to begin with, even without the weather. But I do think that UCLA, they should be able to overcome the noise. And I just... 
I don't know about you, but there's just still always trepidation with me in laying points with Bo Nix because I just yeah, remember what Nicks. he did in the SEC. So that's <laughs> it's Bo Nix. No, and I agree with you because I, the, I had my you know pro and con list going for Oregon and UCLA, and one of my UCLA cons, if you can believe it, for whatever reason, maybe this is just damaged UCLA fan talking, but defense just still not convinced for me, more so the rush defense for UCLA. But then I looked at the numbers, and in the Pac-12, UCLA's first in total yards allowed, first in yards per play allowed, number two in defensive points per drive. Like They're top of all these categories, and again, have played a little bit more difficult teams than Oregon. So maybe I shouldn't be so down on the UCLA defense, but I'm, I agree with you. I think we could see this go under. Yep, I just think that it's a little bit too high in this spot. It's not like I think mm-hmm. that either of these teams are going to be putting up like we saw in, oh, I don't know, Monday Night Football tonight, but at the oh, same yeah, time. yeah, those numbers. I, I meant to go to that game, but this is the night that I floss, so I couldn't make it out there. I couldn't cancel. Oh, no. That, that was so <laughs> unfortunate. You couldn't see this barn burner of a game that featured a kicker that Won the game on one leg. So you want to know how big Chargers are in LA right now? There was no traffic tonight. There was no, there were no issues. Uh, I'm sure that you were able to get out of that stadium relatively easily <laughs> compared to I don't know the LA Dodgers game a few nights ago yeah. as well. So that's a little bit unfortunate. And then let's take a look at another team from the great mm-hmm. state of California. And Stanford pulled off an outright win against Notre Dame. In my opinion, that said a little bit more about what Notre Dame is this year rather than mm-hmm. Sanford, but that's a nice confidence booster for them, and now they're going to be playing us an Arizona State team that if you want a dysfunctional team, Arizona State is that, but they're coming off of a ranked win as well against Washington. These are a pair of teams that prior to this last week, they were looking, well, shall we say, rather sad and pathetic, and both won it in different ways. Arizona State, they put up 45 points. Notre Dame, or Stanford, they did it with defense against Notre Dame. Right now we're seeing this game be a Stanford line of three with them laying it at a total of 55 and a half. I think that this is a tough one to gauge, but I just feel like there's more stability right now with Stanford. I'd be willing to lay the three with them at home. I'm not sure where you stand on this one, but when it comes to Stanford, I just feel like in general, this is a little bit more of the disciplined team and a team that, well, you saw them against Notre Dame be able to go on the road and they got a really nice win and that impressed me. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. How about Stanford? Supposed to be a 16 and a half point dog in that game. Goes on to win it. Arizona State and Stanford, I've marked this on my on my list as not a game I wanted to touch necessarily because this could be complete garbage. I also thought that Stanford-Notre Dame game might get out of hand on the Notre Dame side, mind you, because we saw them as a 16 and a half point favorite. That is not what ended up transpiring, but I thought that that game would go over. And when I look at this Arizona State-Stanford game, I lean that way as well. But now, based on what I saw from Stanford's defense last, week i'm i'm a little bit inspired to see maybe this would go on the lower side as well uh, but i agree with you if there was a side to look at i would go stanford for stability's sake and also what just what does arizona state have going for them right now this is what's dangerous about these bottom teams in the pac-12 right now is you never know when they're going to have the game that they've just finally said enough like colorado did last week yep and what i think is so interesting as well in about 45 or so seconds just gauging Arizona State for the entirety of the season moving forward because they're under an interim coach, and you've got to wonder how much these guys are going to be willing to fight if they are out of bowl contention. Yeah, I I don't know. That's my point is they're dangerous because at any point they can pull off a random upset, but there's nothing in the stat side of things or the coaching side of things that should point to Arizona State being successful as the season progresses. Yeah, but that is certainly the case. But Danielle Avari is very successful. We always enjoy having her aboard, and (laughs) 
Coming up next, we're going to be doing a little bit of a, shall we say, Los Angeles Connect, as we're also going to be joined by Jason Weingarten. He does a great job over there with the podcast over here at VEASAN, the wide world of Weingarten, and we're going to be taking a look at sort of the lay of the land out there in the great city of Angels. That is coming up next here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Watch football with a little bit more on the line by playing for free in the Guinness Time Challenge. Visit DraftKings.com slash Guinness. Set up your lineup and watch the action unfold as you play for your share of $115,000 all season long. Guinness made of more terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. For usual, please do drink responsibly as we're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. Being rejoined by Daniel Alvari does a great job for us over here at VEASAN and also Jason Weingarten. He does a nice job with the podcast, The Wide World of Weingarten. You're able to get that wherever you find podcasts and it is great to be joined by you both as you're both out there in the Los Angeles area. And let's start with this by taking a look at sort of the football scene out there in Los Angeles. And I'll start with you on this one, Jason. What have you been seeing out of the Rams this season? Because with the Rams, they were able to win the Super Bowl last season. But this has been an offense that has been rather pedestrian. As a matter of fact, they're in the bottom eight in terms of yards per play. And I just have a feeling that the Matthew Safford injury, it is taking more of effect than a lot of people would like to lead on because this just does not look like the same offense that we saw last season. Yeah, well, I think that starts with the offensive line. You know, four of the five opening day starters are now injured and not in the the starting lineup. And the line was a little shaky to begin with. So now that they're on their second and third string, you know, kind of trying to to throw things together, not surprising that that the the bill has come due post Super Bowl, but I think at the same time every every other team in the NFL would probably trade uh, positions with the Rams, being the position the Rams in are, are in now for for a Super Bowl victory uh, last year. So you know it's a uh, it's a tough situation with the offense, and there's no there's no easy solution. There's no single player that they can go out and get that's going to fix this at the moment. But fortunately, they have a bye week, and they do have an elite defense. Uh, I was at the game yesterday, so I got a chance to kind of watch the defense up close. And uh, they limited the Panthers to zero points on offense. So the defense is really going to carry this team as far as they can. But at a certain point, you're you're going to need to get something out of that offensive line. And, you know, the, the offense going to have to contribute something if they're going to make a playoff run. Absolutely. And when it comes to who they face off against on Sunday. Well, Carolina Panthers not going so great as Robbie Anderson got traded on Monday. Not necessarily the world's most shocking ordeal there. And when it comes to Rams as well, I'll throw this to you, Danielle. What do you make out of the ground game not being able to get going as well? Because I think Jason brings up such a good point with the offensive line, but this running back tandem of Henderson along Cam Akers is just not worked out this season. And from all reports, it looks like Cam Akers is actually requesting a trade right now. 
I mean, I think that tells you everything you need to know, right? That the Rams are even exploring that. That seems like a thing that won't even actually come to fruition, but just the fact that it's even happening, I think tells you the state of things for them. And I agree with Jason here. What are, what are the Rams supposed to do here with this litany of injuries? And also in terms of getting their offense back on track, going to host San Francisco the next game out and their schedule really for the next few weeks looks rough. So if you have a Rams win total over right now, you're probably feeling pretty bummed right now or silly uh, and similar issue really for the chargers across town. I mean, we saw this putrid Monday night football game and then the oh. chargers at one point had to move on to a third string center. So it feels like both LA teams are struggling with this. And I'm so glad that you bring them up because right now with the chargers, we're finding them as a touchdown favorite against the Seattle Seahawks, a, Seahawks team that they're coming off a win against the Arizona Cardinals. I recognize that it's not going the way that the Cardinals would like this season, but that said, with the Chargers, I'm not willing to lay seven points with them right now. Geno Smith has actually looked halfway decent for the Seattle Seahawks. They looked significantly better on defense against the Arizona Cardinals, and with the LA Chargers, I don't have a lot of faith in this team in general being able to get things going because when it comes to the Chargers, they're unwilling to throw the ball north of five yards down the field. I don't know if this has to do with the Justin Herbert injury, if it's just mm -hmm. poor coaching, which we know is certainly the case with this team. But with the Chargers, they look as vanilla as vanilla gets, and I just don't think that they're going to be able to cover this number. Yeah. yeah uh, I, oh, go ahead, Jason. I'm happy to take seven with Seattle here. I'll take points with Gino any time this season. Yes, absolutely. And then I'll throw this to you, Danielle, as well, because I just think that when it comes to the Chargers, they're just not in good shape right now. And we're talking about the Rams out there in the NFC West. The Seahawks, they're looking like a little bit of a dark horse in this division right now. That's that is how bleak things have gotten, actually, because yeah. remember how nobody would. I literally remember in my draft earlier that nobody wanted to touch a Seahawks player. And I remember a friend of mine who doesn't follow football as closely asking, why is nobody picking up these these players? They're higher, They're on the Seahawks. We don't know. So that shows you the bleak state of things, I guess. But uh, to that point, the Chargers, who do they have? You're talking about wide receiver, right? Who do they have for speed here? You're seeing these really tight windows from Justin Herbert and yes, injured by the way, asterisk. So even though he's outperforming his team really right now, there's only so much he can do. It doesn't seem like he has any speed at receiver. Uh, so I'm not really sure what the options are. And also I have to say for the chargers, I think because there's the state of things again, so many people being injured, I feel like Brandon Staley is getting a little bit too much hate for like the analytics side of things, if you will. Eh, the coaching decisions of the Chargers have not been great, to say the least. I, I don't know if I can defend Brandon Saley there. I will say this. There was a guy on the other sideline that was actually worse than him, and his name is Nathaniel Hackett, and why That's he currently has a job right now is, I don't know, because if I were the Denver Broncos, he would have been fired after trying to attempt that 64-yard field goal against the Denver Broncos. That's just me, though, but, man, that is not going too terrific there, and I do think that... We're talking about this right now. I'll throw this to you, Jason. With both of these divisions, the NFC West and the AFC West, I mean, these were the two top divisions in all of football the last two seasons. This year, we came in with a lot of hype for the AFC West. Last year, the NFC West had all that hype. Last year, I felt like the NFC West honestly delivered on it, but it has fallen downhill very, very fast for them. I right now think that the 49ers are by far the top team, and I think that you can make a decent case for the Seattle Seahawks perhaps being able to make some noise, but for the AFC West, it has badly under-delivered this season, and I do think that it's so fascinating because we're talking about both the Rams and the Chargers and how lackluster their seasons have gotten off to, and yet here they are both with a very good chance of still being able to win the division. 
Yeah, you know, uh, I think situation situation wise in the AFC, uh, you still have the Chiefs who are head and shoulders above everybody else in the division. Any any way you chop it up, in the uh, in the NFC, it's a little more interesting because you could make a case that the 49ers are great. You can make a case like like you just said that the Seattle's are contender. Uh, Seattle's a contender, but the the Rams are the Super Bowl champions. They still have a lot of really good pieces. They have an elite defense. You know, I wouldn't give up on them just because they've had some, uh, they've hit some speed bumps early in the season. <clears throat> you know, like I said, I think uh, every team in the NFL would gladly switch places with the Rams to, to be in their position coming off a Super Bowl. Still a lot of things, you know, positive going into the bye week, especially, like I said, the defense. So it wouldn't surprise me to see them uh, make a bit of a run. I don't think there's, there's, a huge difference between them and uh, 49ers. I don't think the gap is, you know, that big. And don't forget they have Aaron Donald, still one of the best players, uh, defensive players. He kind of is not getting any, any, uh, you know, no respect lately. Yeah, but what I think is interesting about this as well, and I'll throw this at you, Danielle, it's when it comes to the division and being able to win the division, I do think that the odds are higher that the Rams actually win this division. But at the same time, I think that their playoff odds are a little bit less as well, just because with mm-hmm. the Chargers are currently in the clubhouse at four and two, even if they don't win the division, because the Kansas City Chiefs, they're still very dominant. They could still get in there with one of those wild cards because the AFC in general, it's right now, in my opinion, Bills, Chiefs, and then everyone else is sort of fighting for third at this point. But I do think that with the Rams, they still have a solid chance to be able to win this division just because, quite frankly, everyone else has been somewhat mediocre aside from the 49ers just on defense in general. Right. And if you look at that, who's being successful in the West, it's the 49ers with their defensive effort. And even the Chargers had to grind out a defensive win in this situation. And so you look at the Rams and I agree with Jason here. This is an elite defense. I think if you made any preseason or future bets on the Rams this season, it had to be you were leaning on that defense. Nobody was betting on Matt Stafford, especially with his arm in that questionable condition. But if the Rams taught us anything, it's that you can win a Super Bowl with and I'm I'm not trying to do any Matt Stafford hate here, but not the best quarterback in the entire league. You don't need the best quarterback possible. You just need to do enough. And so I do think that the Rams defense can do enough to still be in the race for this. But I agree with you that playoff chances get a little bit harmed in this whole situation. I mean, you bring up such a good point as well. Nick Foles won a Super Bowl with the Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles, and I recognize that Carson Wentz was the quarterback for much of that season. And Carson Wentz, how he's looked here in 2022, not quite how he looked back in that 2017 season, but I mean, that says all that you need to know right there. We all remember Joe Flacco betting on himself. He got hot for a few games. He was able to win a Super Bowl as well. You're able to go down the line of guys that weren't necessarily the world's greatest quarterbacks, and they were able to get the job done, and typically when a quarterback gets paid, that's when things do go downhill, but things are always uphill when you join this show, Danielle. You do amazing work over here at VEASAN as one of our main analysts. Always do appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Always great to have Danielle aboard talking a little Pac-12 and a little NFL with her. And coming up next, we're going to be rejoined by Jason Weingarten. He does amazing work over there with the Wide World of Weingarten Podcast. As He's got a few features plays. And on top of that, he got a little bit of baseball to take a look at for Tuesday here on VEASAN, Esports Bank Network.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the sports betting network. All sports are in full swing, and Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook is the home for all the latest lines, odds, and boosts. Whether you are a football, hockey, basketball, or baseball fan, Bet Rivers has you covered. Join us every week for new promotions like the Tuesday Hockey First Goal Insurance, Friday Night Football Bet and Get, Sunday Football Parlay Insurance, and so much more. Head on over to BetRivers.com or download the Bet Rivers app today, as it is a whole new game. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network, being rejoined by Jason Weingarten. Does a great job with the podcast, The Wide World of Weingarten. You're able to get that wherever you get your podcasts. And Jason, last segment, we talked a little bit of football, and I'll probably ask you if you've got some futures in a few minutes, but I know that one of your bread and butter sports is baseball. So I've got to ask you about this. How much does the shift from having most likely James to tie on start for the New York Yankees and Esther Cortez affect the way that you take a look at game five of the ALDS because I personally made a little bit north of a 20 cent move in terms of my handicap and I think that this is really something that very much benefited the New York Yankees being able to have this day off being able to have all of their arms available in this game and I do think that the team that really benefits from having a little bit of a delay is the Yankees yeah I mean uh you get Shane Bieber potentially for the Guardians. I don't know if that's confirmed yet, but right I, now Savali is going to be the starter. But I wouldn't doubt if they possibly have like Shane Bieber coming in, and maybe they use like Aaron Savali as an opener, or they just piggyback the two, something of that nature. 
it's a tough it's a tough decision i i I, i'm 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 glad i don't have to make that decision (laughs) because you know you you don't want to leave bieber in the pen and and go down quick you know you you, the yankees score two runs in the first inning and it's it's not over but it's it's you know it's really popped your bubble early and and there's no you know you can't go to bieber once once you're down so I I am kind of leaning towards I'd start Bieber, you know, because at least then you go into the off season if you lose, knowing that you you know you threw your best pitcher in a an elimination game. But uh, yeah, I mean, obviously upgrading Nestor Cortez is an upgrade, and and the the day off it helps both bullpens, but it it really helps the the Yankees pen, which was already taxed and already missing Aroldis Chapman, and you know just a day off is is what the Yankees needed, and if I was the guardians, I'd be really upset with this postponement. You know, now if they do win, they immediately have to travel to Houston and it's just, you know, this, this benefits the the Astros so much. I'm, I'm, I'm slightly upset how much it, 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 it imbalances things going forward. And I thought that going into the postseason, out of all the teams, both national league and American league, that the easiest road to the world series belonged to the Houston Astros. Now that you've got a day off and now that these teams, they have to play a game five, they have to travel to Houston and they have to play immediately on Wednesday. They get no day off. And you were just mentioning it. We could see Shane Bieber coming out of the bullpen. Nestor Cortez is going to be going on short rest. Who knows what the New York Yankees are going to be throwing out there if they're leaning after seven innings. That is going to tire their arms as well. And this ultimately, if there is one real winner, I was talking about it and how it upgrades the Yankees for the singular game, but... I mean, the real winner here is the Houston Astros because all of a sudden they go from having a nice rest advantage to now having their opponent at a disadvantage because they don't get any days off at all. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of the unfortunate realities about the condensed schedule, and I, I don't know what 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 the right answer was, but I I would have preferred them playing tonight. I think the Yankees there's a little bit of gamesmanship in in them delaying the start of the game and, and waiting and forcing major league baseball to make the call. Um, but I don't know. I don't, I don't know if, if the, the guardians were pushing to play or not tonight. So that's just my speculation, but, but it does, it did benefit the Yankees a, a decent amount to delay the game till tomorrow. And I know that, that they know that because I know that, and you know, they're, they're smart people over there. I mean, there were a bunch of people on Twitter that were saying that the Yankees were not wanting this game to be played, and the Guardians were saying that they were, and I don't think that anyone was lying when they said that, and I'm sure that if you ask both of these managers, they would tell you the exact same thing as well. They might give you a little bit more of a boilerplate answer, but I'm sure that Aaron Boone wouldn't be saying, you're like, oh, this puts us at a way big disadvantage. Now we get Nusser Cortez going instead of Jamison Tyon, oh no, or anything like that, but... Also, what I think is interesting about this game as well is that I I thought that the game for Monday, you had a little bit of an edge on the over just because James Tyon, Aaron Savali, not necessarily the world's greatest pitching matchup. We were talking about the bullpens being a little bit spent. Now I like this total under, even though it's went from a 7.5 to a 7 because now you have more availability in the bullpen. You've got Nestor Cortez instead of James Tyon. I don't know if you agree slash disagree, but this really changed the way that I took a look at the total because I was on the over before. Now I like this total under with the way that things shook out. Yeah, I was on under six and a half in, in game four. I'll probably be on the under in game five. 
but the the way I'm more likely to bet it is the hit run error line, especially if I can get like a 23, 23 and a half at seven. Um, you know, if, if it's lower than that, I, I probably won't play it too aggressively, but I found that the hits runs errors lines tend to uh, be a better value in a lot of, a lot of cases, especially in playoff games where hits are slightly harder to come by where runs, you know, don't, don't score as much at the end when, especially when you get healthy bullpens and rested bullpens. So, um, you know, that also cuts down on runs and hits late in the game. Um, 23 and a half though, anything below 23 and a half, you really don't get much, uh, much leeway on, you know, six or seven runs. So, um, you know, I'll look for that price tomorrow, but definitely under leaning, leaning under very heavily here. And to your point, I think that that's a good way to take a look at it with Yankee Stadium as well, because you could have the Yankees have like six hits in the game, but four fly over the fence because you've got that short porch. So if you take the under, you could just get tattooed by the fact that you had like one guy on base, you're able to get a multi-run home run, and that could toast an under as well. So I do think that there's a little bit to that angle as well. And then do you have anything that you've been playing in terms of the MLB futures market recently as well, because I know you did a great job of taking a look at a lot of value in terms of like the rookie of the year props throughout the season. I know that you've got a lot of value in terms of Michael Harris, second right now, but have you been playing anything in terms of this postseason? Because really the only thing that I would be taking a look at is the Astros make the world series. But at this point, the value is just gone in that number. Yeah. At this point, really not much to, uh, to really get out with the player futures. I am looking at the MVP market for the world series. Uh, obviously I think, I think Jordan, Jordan Alvarez favorite there. Yeah. Like five to one or something at the moment. So already not much value on him. He really is one of the best players in baseball though. Um, but I got to dive into that market. So no, I haven't, haven't really hit the futures. Uh, I haven't hit the futures much the, the last week or so just, just hasn't been much, even in football. Uh, nothing really exciting. I bet some Taysom, Taysom Hill offensive player of the year got as high as 500 to one, as low as 150 to one. I just like him because, you know, he might be the starting quarterback this week and, and he could just do so many things. It, it just, you know, you could, you could get a weird touchdown total with him. You know, he could throw 10 touchdowns. He could run for touch, 10 touchdowns. He can catch 10 touchdowns. I'm not saying he's going to do all those. I'm saying he's, capable of getting to 10 and you know different categories which not as many other people can can say in the nfl so i'm interested to see what he can do if he can get an extended look at quarterback i'd be very interested in in adding more to that number i think i think he's the only long shot on the board right now that i i'm interested in yeah it's very rare when you see a player get three anytime touchdowns in a game and also have a passing touchdown at the same time as well like he did a few weeks ago, just an absolutely hilarious line in general. And I know you've done a good job of taking a look at the player props as well, but in terms of perhaps a little bit more in terms of these NFL features, because I know that you fired in on a few of them. I think that you've got a ticket on the Atlanta Falcons out there in the NFC South. Any teams that you think could possibly be able to seek up and win the division? Because ironically enough, talking about in the last segment with Danielle, the way that the AFC West and the NFC West have been a little bit disjointed this season. Falcons, Seahawks. Um, the, the, the thing, just, just to, to look at it more on like a macro level with the NFL, is teams that didn't make the playoffs last year you know, have a, have a good shot to make the playoffs the, the following year. There's, there's a lot of parody in the NFL. It's, it's built to 
sort of cycle, you know, and give teams a, a chance. It's, it's not like, you know, baseball where it's top heavy, you know, the, the, the teams, you know, there's always dynasties and teams at the top, but everybody tends to fall in and out of contention fairly quickly. Like you saw the Bengals rise from one in 15 or whatever to making the Super Bowl. So it happens. And, you know, I would look at, like I said, Atlanta, I would look at the Seahawks, uh, I guess the lions, but you know, I, I don't think, uh, I think that division is just, I'm staying away from the NFC North right now. It's not, not very enjoyable football. I don't, I don't blame you there, Jason. It is always a pleasure to have you aboard. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Always great to have Jason aboard. Pro tip for this hour. We mentioned it with Jason. Take a look at the bullpen availability with the rain delay in the MLB ALDS Game 5. And coming up next, we're going to be hitting a little bit of college basketball here on VEASAN Esports Bank Network. Bet River Sportsbook app has a huge number of live streaming events every day. Bet River Sportsbook has great offers, including a $250 match bonus on your first deposit, and all bonuses are only one time playthrough. Amazing offers and great customer service makes Bet Rivers your hometown sportsbook. Must be 21 pound sportsbook. Must be 21 pound sportsbook. Must be 21 pound sportsbook. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.